Hello and welcome to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. Emily here, hosting from the beautiful town of Limoges in France. In this episode, as in all of our interview episodes, I'm talking with a social media professional who really knows her stuff. This one's a good one. I'll be talking with Meg Coffey of digital agency Coffee and Tea in Perth, Australia. And Meg is a real firecracker. Her views are controversial. Her tips and advice will inspire you and make you want to mix things up if you're working for an agency or as a freelance social media strategist. I should mention before we start that Meg really didn't get paid to say all the nice things she says about Icona Square. As you know by now, this podcast is about telling stories and sharing precious knowledge within the social media sphere. So a massive thanks to Meg again for her kind words and for her honesty and sense of humour in this episode. I think you're going to love it. Let's get started. Hi Meg, thank you for being a part of ESM Squared. Delighted to have you today. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. You are a social media strategist and the founder of Coffee and Tea. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself as a person and the agency you run? Yeah, so I um, social media strategist is definitely my title. I do not like being called an expert or a guru or a ninja or whatever the, the hot term of the day is. Um, for me, it is it, when you're called one of those things, it's as if you know everything. And I don't think you could ever know everything when it comes to social media. Um, it, it changes too often. And I think a lot of people forget about the strategy side of things. And that's where, for me, that's the, the bit that I love, the planning, the thinking, the organizing, the the all aspects, that it's not just, just whipping a post up on social. So I actually, in that role as a strategist, I do lots of things. Coffee and tea is... Um, one of four businesses that I actually run. So that is my social media agency located in Perth, Western Australia. And we focus heavily on tourism and hospitality clients. So that's doing everything that you could imagine from um, content creation to execution to planning to strategy, all of it. PR, all, all the stuff goes in, um, but for tourism and hospitality, and we're lucky in Australia and especially WA, um, we've got some amazing products to work with. Then I run um, Social Media Perth, which is an organization of marketers that get together once a month and drink. Um, there's nothing better than that, right? Um, but that is, it, it's, it's, look, it's networking. I hate the word networking. Networking makes me want to take a shower when I'm done with it. Um, but SM Perth is, it, it's a giant network of people here in Perth, uh, completely free, and we just get together once a month. SM Perth grew into the State of Social Conference, has business three. State of Social Conference is um, Australia's largest social media conference, and it is my goal to make it a global conference um and then brand four is meg and that's weird talking about myself as a a business but i do a fair bit of television and media and and things like that here in australia so it kind of is a brand business of its own and i'm tech australian so i speak quickly yeah tell me about the tech australian thing how did that happen um so i am i am texan i grew up in texas but I came to Perth, actually, of all places, as a backpacker about 20 years ago and fell in love with Perth and was like, this is where I'm meant to be. It's, 
I, and it's not just because I'm in tourism that I say it, but there's honestly no better place in the world to live than Perth. Uh, COVID's definitely taught us that when we look at, when we look at how things are. Um, so Perth was, was it. And then I was here for long enough that I decided it was time to get my Australian passport. But it's not like you ever give up being Texan, right? Like that's, well, some might say a bad thing, but it's a good thing. Being Texan is great. So I officially call myself Textralia because I've got both passports. And you have officially invented a new word. I know. I love it. It's, 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 there's only a few of me. We're great. So tell me about coffee and tea. You have a team of five there, I think you told me before. Can you tell me who takes care of what in terms of the agency, a bit about your structure, organization over there? Yeah, so the team, um, look, we're really lucky. I, I'm, I'm very grateful at the moment that we are actually growing through um, COVID. Yes, we hurt ourselves, you know, like everybody was hurt in, in the beginning. But I think if anything, what the pandemic has shown is that people need to be online and they need their businesses to be online. And that has impacted us in a really positive way. And so we've grown in that I've recently added two staff members. So I was three in April and now we're at five, which is just incredible. It's it's, it's amazing, really. Um, Not for, there's a lot of hard work that goes behind it. I've got the wonderful Luke, who is my digital project manager. And he is, he does a lot of execution. He does a lot of the um, the scheduling, and, that, and that's where Iconosquare comes in, is, is we schedule both Facebook and Instagram through Iconosquare. So he's a lot of the on the tools, and then he's, you know, in Premiere making videos and all the the, uh, the hands-on stuff, right? So, so I'd be lost without him. And then I've got Cal, who's a copywriter, and he helps us with all levels of things because blog writing is a big aspect of what Coffee and Tea does, you know, creating content because we help with SEO. So that's where my copywriter comes in. Um, And then I've got a marketing coordinator, and she's sort of a hands-on, helps with everything, uh, focusing a lot on email marketing at the moment. I think that email marketing is underutilized, underrated, forgotten about. And so that's something that we as an agency are really starting to focus on. Uh, Jess, Luke, me. Oh, and then admin. I'd be lost without my admin girl. Oh, my God. She's she's incredible. Yes. So she's she's the one that replies um, to all the emails. She's the one that helps get invoices ready, you know, because we do a lot of workshops and things like that. So she's she's the one. If you ever email us, Claire's the one that will be the one that responds to you. Um, She keeps me in line. She makes sure I'm on time. Tell me about your clients at the agency. Um, so you mentioned that they're mainly tourism and hospitality industries. Uh, can you name anyone in particular that you work with, uh, what their needs are, how you've helped them, etc.? Yeah, so, you know, we've worked with local visitor centers to try and help tell the story of what it is that we're doing. You know, there, there was one client that we had and they were, um, they're in a beautiful region. However, because of some of the social problems that also happened in the town, it's not really the place that you would send tourists to, right? So we, as the visitor center, had a real challenge in how do we use social and how do we use content to change the image of this place and go, hey, it isn't just about the train line. Ooh, it isn't just about the prison in the court. Ooh, like there's actually, you know, some amazing gardens and hills and the nature you need to get out here and experience it. 
so that was, you know, that was a real project for us. And, and, and it was also a real accomplishment, you know, getting the Facebook page over 10,000 likes organically for a place that had no right having that many people like it. It's all about the storytelling. And I think that's what I, when I talk to my staff, that's what I really draw, try and drive home to them time and time again, is it has to be about the storytelling, right? It has to be social works when we tell a good story. And that's what I think we as an agency try and focus on. You know, one of our clients now, I, can, I think I, I like to work with the diamond and the rough kind of properties, right? And I often do myself out of business because we, we, we teach you the tricks of the trade and then you don't need us anymore. But I don't mind because I want you to understand what it is that I'm teaching you. So we have this one that we're working with right now that is it's a beautiful resort, beautiful destination. It's just it's stunning, but it's been really neglected over the past few years as far as there's not been really PR. The rooms are a bit old, like there's just not, you know, like there's newer things around, right? So we've been brought in because they've just spent a whole bunch of money refurbishing restaurants and, you know, lobbies and things like that. So we've been brought in to really drive the social. I mean, they weren't even doing Google Analytics. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff, you know, and, and the onboarding. I remember with my team when we were first onboarding them, it's like a nightmare and you're just, you're exhausted, your brain hurts. But it's also the stuff that makes you thrive. If I guess you, I guess you have to be a nerd. Like I'm a total nerd and everyone that works with me is a nerd, like, we, we thrive on the chaos of making a, making a pixel fire or getting the passwords all, you know, not the same password, all strong and like that, that stuff. And, and we, we help this, you know, in this case, we help this resort really get a good footing. So now if they're going to go out there and spend money on ads, they're actually tracking it. You know, they're sending all these EDMs out, but having no idea if it's actually driving any traffic. And I think for a long time, yeah, you could get away with the, I think I'm doing well, but that's not how business is anymore. You need to know if your marketing's working. Yeah. So I don't know if you asked, if that answers your question about my clients, but you know, we, we do all things for clients. It's, it, it really just, what, what are the gaps that you need to fill? And my team are the experts. We will make sure that you come out looking schmick, looking amazing. Do you have lots of clients? I expect you do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're not currently taking any new clients on, um, and you know, we, for about, I think, I think it's three months is when we open our books up again. Um, just because we tend to over service our customer service is so high and there is a lot of handholding that, that needs to be done. Um, and one of the things about Australia is that work-life balance is very important here. You know, you need to be able to have that break and social media is 24 seven. It never stops. And, and people pay us, people hire us so that we'll respond on the weekends and we'll respond out of hours. Right. So it's important to me that my staff have a break and my staff can have a disconnect because they too need a break. So I limit how many clients we have. What's your working day like over there then? So we are remote. So we all work remote. Everybody is local here in Perth. And that's important because one day a week we do get together to co-work, but we're remote. And we've been that way since 2013. You know, back then I just said to them, how about, how about you guys work from home and I'll pay you more money? We're <laughs> like, okay. You know, that was back before working from home was cool. Um, so in that regard, every day is, is different. Um, it, 
It is, you know, lots of face-to-face -face meetings. Um, luckily, not very many Zooms anymore. Being here in Australia, we, we you know, we've been back to face-to-face -face meetings for a while. Um, you know, it's, it's wake up, play with the dog. I've got the best dog. He's a Labradoodle who's 35 kilos. So he takes all of my attention. So I wake up, you know, give him a cuddle, uh, go for a walk. I bought a coffee in the pandemic. I bought a coffee machine, I should say, because I'm addicted to coffee. And I was so frightened all the cafes would close. So I bought a machine. So it means I don't have to go out first thing for the coffee anymore, but I still have to go out with the dog for a walk or he will kill me. <laughs> As in like not leave me alone. And then it just, you know, it, it, it changes. I, I try to have two days a week that are solely at home, no meetings, interruptions, no interruptions where I can be creative. I can write strategies for clients. I can catch up on things. Um, and then I have two days a week that are meetings. And then I finish at noon on a Friday. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. But it's a very Australian thing. We finish, we go to lunch and, and, and try to knock off for the rest of the afternoon, go to the beach do whatever it is we need to do. I love it. I love living here. We work very, very hard, but we also know that it's important to, to play hard and to, to value life that you can't, um, you can't be a good employer or an employee if, if your life's not good too, if the mental health and, and your headspace isn't good. That's so important, especially in social media, taking care of yourself, not just living online. So important. You're right. Yeah. I mean, there are mornings where um, I give Luke a hard time about it. There are mornings where Luke has knocked off by 10 a.m. Like he's gotten his work done and he knows he's going to have to do stuff over the weekend. He knows he's going to do a couple hours Sunday night. So I say, good, check out, go do what you need to do. Yeah, you're a really Works. cool boss. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. Look, what we do is hard work, you know, and it's not fun. And when you have to deal with trolls and when you have to deal, luckily in tourism and hospitality, it's not too hard. But there are times and it is a job that never ends. You are you are addicted to notifications. And so if I can make it fun, if I can make it easy, then it makes it a good place to work. Let's move back to your clients. Um, which kinds of audiences are you targeting um, through social media? Uh, how do you go about it? Which platforms are the most effective? Sorry, it's about four questions in one. Um, look, it, it really depends. We deal with all kinds of clients as far as um, luxury. We don't really deal with any backpacker or, or um, low-end travel. We're more in that mid-range to um, like the three-star to luxury type travel or our clients. Um, so the audiences are, you know, <laughs> I laugh when I say this, but it is perfectly, it, it is, it is honest and it is true. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what, where you come from, what you look like, what language you speak. I just care that you have enough money to afford my product. You know, it's blunt and it might come off as, as brash, but it, but it's true. Whether my product is $10 or my product is $10,000, you know, can you afford it or not? Um, now, of course, I don't go out there with that mass market approach, that spray and pray, because that doesn't work. So we do have clearly defined audiences for, for our clients. But this is where I come in. And this is where, you know, I come in over the guys and, and I go, this is the strategy that applies, right? So, so as, as, as I always say, if we're selling a bed, are we selling the bed to the gray nomad who wants to get out of the caravan and have a good night's sleep? Are we selling the bed to the corporate traveler who just needs Wi-Fi? Are we selling it to the local who wants it, you know, a dirty weekend away, a staycation? It's the same bed, 
but which audience are we putting this bed forward to? And then it goes, okay, so if we're talking to the gray nomads, well, you know what? The gray nomads, they, they're, they're the ones that are on Facebook. So let's talk to them on Facebook there. Corporate travelers, maybe that's LinkedIn. You know, bucket list travelers, that's Pinterest. You know, so the platforms change. But look, we're seeing a shift in Facebook, a shift away from Facebook, that's for sure. Um, Instagram will always be important with, with travel. Pinterest is definitely the next big thing. It will not, it, it's been the next big thing for a good year now. I think if you're in tourism and, and, and you're not on Pinterest, you're, you're late to the game. Um, so which platforms do we use in that regard? Those are the ones we use in Australia. We don't use Twitter. Twitter's my favorite platform. But Australians, as, as a general, don't use it. And so it's not worth it for tourism and hospitality for what we're doing. Um, LinkedIn, we don't use as much. But but Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, for sure. Okay. You started to answer my next question, which was going to be, uh, which of the platforms are most strategic for you at Coffee and Tea? Because I know that you use Twitter a lot to plan your events. So I So for State of Social... I have gotten every single speaker off Twitter. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm texting. I don't know if it's because I'm just ballsy, but I just send them a message. Like, I start following them for a while and I'll, you know, I'll find a way. And when I, when I slide into the DM, it is, you know, like, like with Matthew Kobach, he was like, you know, where should I go for my honeymoon or something like that? And so I just popped in and I was like, to Australia. And while you're here, you should speak at this conference. Um, for Chris Messina, the guy that invented the hashtag, who is one of the coolest men I've ever met. Like he's just, his mind amazes me. Um, how did I literally, he, I think he was talking about olive oil or something random like that. And I was like, we have good olive oil here or something like that. But honestly, I use Twitter. It, for me, it's about connections. It's about you know, never before, like, how do you reach the guy that invented the hashtag? <laughs> Just reach out to him on Twitter. Um, and so I do, I plan to all the conference, any international speaker um, that I have is, is, is because I've reached out to them on Twitter. I think, look, LinkedIn is interesting, but I think as far as networking goes, Twitter all the way. It's, a, it's an amazing platform. I know a lot of people have problems with Twitter and they say that they get trolled on Twitter. And, and it's true. I mean, I got trolled. I got trolled pretty hard in the beginning of September. Um, I kind of brought it upon myself, that one. Um, I got trolled by two separate groups at the same time. One was kind of my fault. One wasn't. But I think you have to be strong with the mute and block button. Like, don't let people into your feed that, that you don't need there. Don't follow people that bring you angst. Like, I don't follow Donald Trump. Why would I follow him? If I want to see what he has to say, I can go to his profile and look at it. I don't need that information in my feed, you know, so I'm really selective about who I follow. And if you start being mean to me, I block you. I got no problem with that. Tell me about uh, the successful campaigns that you guys have run on social. It can be something that you've run for a client or maybe one of the campaigns that you've run for one of the events that you've hosted. How would you manage the campaign? What would it entail? Who is it targeted at? Maybe some kind of idea of the 
return on investment. You know, can I be cocky and say every campaign we run is a good, successful campaign? Of course you can. Um, I shouldn't. I'll jinx myself. Um, one of the campaigns, it's not really a campaign. One of the things I'm probably most proud of is what we did with City of Armadale and the way that we changed perception through social media, the way that we used an Instagram account and a, and a Facebook account to tell a story that nobody wanted to listen to, that nobody was interested in. And, and look, I'm not saying it was only social media. There was an amazing economic development officer that we worked with, and she was really championing um, all sides of, of changing the perception of Armadale. So it was definitely a, a collaboration. Um, but you don't get to 10,000 likes on Facebook organically without telling a really good story and having people be interested in what it is you're offering. Um, and the types of things, like we, you know, would get two to 300 likes and comments on every post. And the the local air quote perception of this place, we had no business getting that kind of engagement. But we did because we had good content. So I think that's probably, you know, that's, a can that's not necessarily a campaign, but it, a project that we worked on that we're most proud of. And that's, you know, it, it's about finding the right type of content, not just putting anything up, sourcing the most beautiful photos, the photos that are the right photos, not just a sunset, but an epic sunset, one that makes your jaw drop. It's it, it's about not just writing a caption that's like, oh, sunset by lake, but it's like, you know, a magnificent sunset by and knowing the destination of exactly where it is, using the geotags, using the tools that the platforms give us. To, to tell a story. I mean, I, I know I keep saying that and, and I'm repetitive, but that's what social need. That's what good social is and needs to be is storytelling. Tell me about the how you get inspired for the content, how you create the content with those industries that you work with. Where does it come from? UGC that is, is probably 85 to 90% of what we need for tourism, especially when we're dealing with the visitor centers. Because it is, it's about sharing other people's um, vision and there's no way that we could get out there and create the level of content to sustain what we need to put out there. And nobody tells a story better than the people that are out there experiencing it. Um, the type of content that we create lately has been a lot of Instagram story content um, or a little bit more of the video. We're not doing too much in the IGTV or Reels but it is creating a little bit of that video content, I guess. But, and then blogs, oh my goodness, we write a lot of blogs. We do a lot of that written for the human to read, but definitely with an SEO angle with it. The point of it is for SEO. Tell me about the metrics then. So, cause I know you use Icona Square, so I won't ask you where you get your metrics from, um, but yeah. I would like to ask you what you look at specifically in terms of performance tracking for social media. It's very much a holistic view. The way that I tell my staff is, is when I get those weekly emails from Icona Square, all I want to see is green. That's all I want to see, right? Like, and if I don't see green, then look, it's not the end of the world. In tourism, there's a big churn rate, right? Because as soon as you've been to a destination, you're like, I don't need to follow that one anymore. I've seen it. I'm not going to go back. So maintaining a high level or an increased level of, of growth is very hard. So there may be weeks where we've lost followers. 
And you know what? That's okay. Cause it isn't, it's not just about followers. I know I harped on about the 10,000 likes. It's far more than that. Um, it's just, that's a big accomplishment for, for the city of Armadale. Um, so the metrics, it, it is, it is very much holistic. It's okay. You know, the very first thing I'm going to look at is that engagement rate. How did we do? Right. But I'm aware that if we, if we posted less, then automatically our engagement rate is going to be down. Or if we posted more, then automatically our engagement rate, well, not automatically, but the engagement rate in theory should be up. So it's it's the reach, it's the impressions, it's the engagement, it's the completion ratios. It's It, it really is a holistic view. I, I want to see green. Now, for people that aren't quite yet Iconosquare Square customers, because I'm sure there's maybe one or two left out there, um, but only one or two, um, what that means is this weekly report just gives me my percentages and it compares me on how I did last week or last month or last quarter. And that's important because it's not just what I did this week, but how am I, how am I traveling comparatively? Because you go, okay, I'm up on last week. I'm down on last week. What are the changes that I'm aware of? Like, you know, everybody says, oh, there was an algorithm change. There aren't as many algorithm changes as you think, my friend. It's that your content sucks right but you need to look at all of the metrics and go okay well this is really interesting over time yes this is dropping and that's where we can attribute this to that or that's where we can attribute this to that i know that that's a lot of broad replies to your question emily and i apologize but it is it's a holistic view at the metrics every metric works together and needs to be able to tell me what's going on no look data and that's why i love social compared to traditional is because we do have access to all that data. We can really delve down and we can go, look, you know, this hashtag alone got us X amount of impressions or this one, or when we combine the two or when we, ooh, you know, and, and the time of day that we're posting, look at what, how that impacts. And it's just the, the data that we have available to us is incredible. And, and I think that if you're in this industry and you're not using the data, you're setting yourself up to fail. Tell me about your favorite tools. I want your toolbox for social media, the tools you couldn't live without. Obviously, Iconic Square's on that list. I'm not going to ask yeah. you that kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else do you use? Um, okay, so look, I do love Iconic Square, and I could probably say that 10% of your Australian customers are thanks to me, at least West Australian customers are thanks to me. And that's not me boasting. That's just me saying how often I talk about Iconosquare and how good it is for so many different levels. Look, it's not, it's not the cheapest tool out there, but I, they're honestly like, I use other platforms. I do use other platforms. You know, I think that Sked Social is great. I think that Buffer is great. I think there's other ones. But the analytics that Iconosquare gives me are better than anything. Your scheduling side of things, not my favorite, but my staff actually prefer your scheduling side of things. It's always a funny thing. <laughs> so my stack, look, I love Iconosquare. And that's not, I'm not being paid to say that. However, I should be for as many times as I do say it. Um, <laughs> Buffer, I would be lost without Buffer. That's what I schedule all my Twitter with. Um, it makes it so easy because they have a widget that you literally just press a button. When we share a lot of articles, 
for SM Perth. And so it's really easy to just get the LinkedIn and the Facebook and the, the Twitter scheduled right away. It'd be lost without buffer. Zapier could not live without Zapier. That, that program saves me hours. When we talk about automation, there's good automation and bad automation. Zapier is the good automation. Those are my three. Zapier, Buffer, they're in the ones I mean. What's it? What? Well, yes. Uh, Canva. Oh my God. How did I forget about oh. Canva? Look, I use the Adobe Suite and I, and I am, a, I'm a Photoshop pro, but Canva makes it so easy. And the entire state of social, if you've seen any graphic or any image from the state of social conference, it was created on Canva. I'm a fellow Canva enthusiast, I have to say. Yeah. Love it. Well, one of the cool things about Canva is that it was designed by a woman that comes from Perth. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah. So you like that it's a woman-led company. You like that it's a Perth company. And it's it's a unicorn in Australia. It's a privately owned company worth more than a billion dollars. And you just go from little old Perth. I love it. Okay. Do you know what? I want to wrap up our episode now. I'm going to ask you four quick fire questions. And I'm looking for the first answer that pops into your head. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. No, this is where I get in trouble. Okay. (laughs) They're easy. Don't worry. Number one, what takes up most of your time as a social media professional? Doom scrolling. Can you elaborate? (laughs) (laughs) So doom scrolling, where you just sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll. (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, the scrolling, honestly, the, the sourcing of content is probably what takes up the longest amount of time. Finding the right stuff to share, um, the stuff that hasn't been shared already, um, or just spending time and platform to notice what's going on. What are your favorite accounts on social media? It can be personal. I was going to say you got me and then my marketer brain turned on. All right. My favorite, favorite animal in the world is where Henry goes. Hot tip. He might be a 35 kilo Labradoodle. Just say. <laughs> That's your dog's where account. Henry goes, he's the best animal. Um, then, oh, look, I don't have favorite social media accounts. I ebb and flow on that depending on what mood I'm in. So I've just bought a house. Um, and so I am remodeling. So everything I'm following at the more at the moment is about remodeling. So I've like some favorite one of those accounts, but like my favorite tourism account, you can't like at Australia or at Western Australia. Oh my God. If you just want to see some photos of the best places in the world, like awesome bucket list inspo. Um, I don't know. That's hard. I don't have favorite ones. Um, that's okay. We've got where Henry goes. Yeah, go check out my puppy. He's the best. He's not really a puppy. He's old now, but he's adorable. Um, yeah, you, can, you can't go wrong with a blonde floppy dog, can you? I'm definitely going to go and follow him. <laughs> Would you say you have a mantra or anything else that helps you with your productivity? With productivity, no, because I'm the queen of procrastination. But I do have a mantra as far as... Um, what we do goes and what I tell my staff and and how we conduct business. And that is just be authentic and just, just be yourself, be transparent. If you mess up, say we messed up. Um, Don't mess up. Like don't, but you know, be, just be authentic and, and, and don't try to be something that you're not because you'll get found out. I'm too busy to lie. I don't, I'll, I'll forget that I lied to you. I'll forget what I told you. So just, it's just be authentic and be yourself. And look, some people might not like me. A lot of people don't like me and that's okay. I've come to terms with that because I am who I am. Um, 
And I think if you're just honest, I think in the end, honest people always win. And you want to follow honest people. You want to engage with them. You want to do business with honest people. Um, so that's what I do. As far as productivity, look, I need a, I need a mantra for productivity. I am the queen of, of doing things at the absolute last minute. But I think I thrive on chaos. Like when I know I have time to do it, there's no pressure. When I know that it's got to be done by 9 a.m. tomorrow, I'll stay up till 3, at 3 in the morning getting it done. Yeah, working under pressure kind of girl. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that kind of also replies to the last question, which is what would your ultimate advice to community managers be unless you have another piece of amazing advice to give? No, I think when it comes to community managers and, and looking after your brands, make sure you understand what your brand stands for and make sure you understand that in and out. And then you know, tell your story, you know, don't, don't be creepy, but engage with people, talk to them. It's, it's social media. And if people don't want to play by the rules, block them. It is 100% your playground. You get to decide what happens. And you're also legally responsible in some places for what happens. So if they can't play by the rules, they don't get to play at all. Um, so I think, yeah, just, you know, but have fun. I think we need to go back to having a little bit of fun with social media. It doesn't need to be all the doom and gloom. And as I said a second ago, the doom scrolling. Have some fun. Perfect answer. Uh, Meg, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for all of your advice and have a great day. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the chat.